So, today I'm going to be sharing on receiving the gift of rest in this season of isolation. And as I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to share today, I was really thinking about, you know, how this time can really be a gift and an opportunity for us to receive rest. So we've been in a series where we've been talking about receiving. We talked about being determined to receive. We talked about receiving hope, receiving love, receiving mercy, receiving wisdom, and receiving forgiveness. Um, but today I want to talk about rest. So to talk about rest, I feel like we need to start all the way at the beginning. And really, what is the beginning or, or origin of rest? So rest has been around since literally the beginning of time. In the book of Genesis, after God created the heavens and the earth, what did he do? He rested. He took time to rest. So basically, my thinking is, if rest is good for God, it's good for us. Rest is encouraged for humans all the way at the beginning of the Bible and throughout. It even says in the early scriptures that the land needs rest. In Leviticus, chapter 25, verses 3 through 5, it says, for six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year, the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. And don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest. So the word Sabbath or rest is used 147 times in Scripture depending on which translation you are reading. So clearly it is something that's very important to God and should be important to us too. We live in a culture where busyness is the norm, where stillness is viewed as laziness, and rest is something that none of us ever get enough of. We're constantly distracted by life. But there is something so crucial to our faith that we are missing in the busyness of our days. And I shared a little bit about this last year, so some of this might be a little bit of a repeat, but I feel like it's important in this season specifically. But here's the thing about rest. Without rest, we miss the rest of God. Like everything else that God has to offer that we miss when we're too busy to check in. It's the rest that he invites us to more fully so that we might know him more deeply. In Psalm 46, chapter 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. In Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28, 
It says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that's Jesus talking to his disciples. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, But they who wait on the Lord, or those who trust in the Lord, will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. God has invited us to take up his invitation to keep the Sabbath or the rest in both calendar time, meaning the minutes and the hours in the day, and also in an attitude of our heart. Because we can find rest even in the midst of craziness, in the midst of hecticness. We can find that. We can actually learn the art of sanctifying time, making a sanctuary in time. When we do that, we possess all the freedom that we need. We have become servants or captives to our work and to our busyness. But we're not servants. We're free. We are free people. So here's the question. Who else feels like they're always in a hurry? I see that hand. See that hand? Yes? I'm pretty sure most of us do. I personally often feel that I would call it kind of an ugly urgency myself, always rushing to get from where I am to where I'm going. It happens. There are those days, I don't know about you guys, where it's like I'm constantly running 15 minutes behind no matter how much I try to catch up and get ahead of it. You're just constantly running 15 minutes behind. And what is that? It gives us anxiety. It gives us stress. But here's the thing about hurry. Does hurry, hurrying, really get us farther ahead? I don't think so. I think it sets us back. I think it diminishes us. In our efforts to gain time, we only lose it. I cannot think of a single advantage I've gained from ever being in a hurry. What I do find is a thousand broken, missing, or missed things. Lots of frustration, raised blood pressure, anxiety. <laughs> These are the things we get when we hurry. And basically, it's like throwing time away. We've just wasted that time and been filled up with negative emotions. So you may remember last year when I talked about rest and I showed the two Chinese characters that when joined together, they form a single pictograph for busyness, and that was heart-killing. So according to the Chinese, and I think this is stunningly accurate, busyness literally is killing our heart. The heart is the place that the busy life takes its biggest toll. And I believe that to be true. When we get too busy, everything becomes a burden or a scramble or even like sheer mayhem. We get bored with the familiar 
and threatened by the unfamiliar. I don't know about y'all, but the last few weeks, and this isn't really associated to busyness, but the unfamiliar has felt very threatening. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. In our busyness, our capacity for wonder and steadfastness and adventure shrivels up. And those are a big part of our humanity. God created us to, to wonder and to want adventure. And those things just shrivel up when we're too busy. And really, we just want to be left alone. This right here, this social distancing, this self-quarantining, this is our chance to rest, to rejuvenate, to get our home in order. We are literally being forced to be left alone. That thing when we're overly busy, ah, I just want a night off. Here you go. We get our night off. You know, in our busyness, we lose concern for others. We can stop looking for truth and beauty and goodness. We cease to laugh when our children are laughing and instead, you know, yell at them to be quiet, to quiet, to quiet down. You know, I'm stressed, I'm working. We lose our compassion for our spouse or our relative. So how about we use this time to connect with your spouse or your children and even most importantly, to our God and to our faith. And I do believe that we are susceptible to our lives being out of whack. We can easily let ourselves get consumed by the things that feed our ego instead of our soul. And busyness, frankly, feeds the ego. We're important, we have things to do, a job to get done. But this is the time to care for our souls. This is the time to refresh so that we can love others well. Because it's not just selfish. It's good to take care of ourselves, it's good to rest. But we rest so that we can serve. Because we can't, we can't serve others well when we are not rested ourselves. So if busyness kills our heart and robs us of knowing God the way we might, <clears throat> what's another way? What's another way that we can live? So I do think it's true that some facets of God we see best in motion. There are examples in the Bible. There are those who stretched out their hand and offered water to the thirsty and discovered, disguised among them was the Messiah. There were those who trudged up the mountainside, willing to get blistered and weary on the narrow trail, but they, those who did that, witnessed Jesus in the transfiguration, there were those who invited the stranger to come into their home and, and share bread and realize that they were entertaining an angel or even Christ himself. Often God meets us along the way as we go, as we do. He waits to see who will step out, of, who will step out in faith 
and especially faith in action. That is a huge part of us, a huge part of our faith, is faith in action. But there are other facets of God that are only discovered through stillness. Just like what we um, just read earlier in Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. The story of Mary and Martha, I think, is a really good example. Martha was busy doing. She was working. She's getting things ready. And I really relate to Martha. I'm a helper. I like to help. I like to do things. But this time Jesus chose to highlight Mary. He was just sitting wide-eyed and open-eared to hear what Jesus had to say. There's a lot to learn from that story. One of my favorite scriptural promises is they who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. We read that also. Another is only those who are quiet and watchful find God's mercy that is new every morning. And only those who join him in his love for the contrite and broken in spirit recognize him hidden among the least of these. Psalm 23 is one of the most known scriptures. And I want to highlight one specific point in that is that he makes me lie down in green pastures. Emphasis on makes me. If we don't choose to lie down, sometimes God makes us. Our very health is at risk in our busyness. And I'm definitely not saying that God sent the coronavirus to slow us down, because I don't think that's true. But I do strongly believe that there is an invitation for us right now to slow down and prioritize rest in this season. So again, it says, He makes us lie down. How else will we hear God and to taste and see that He is good? It says this in Psalm 34, 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Our refuge is in Him. God is our shelter. God is our place of rest and retreat. So there's this theme in Scripture that's almost comedic, kind of funny, and it is the narrative that Jesus or, or some other angelic messenger shows up, and those who should be paying attention the most, people like the priests, or the lawyers, or the teachers, and sometimes even the apostles, typically miss it, right? Well, those the less deserving, those like shepherds, or children, or beggars, or prostitutes, they grasp it. And I think that there is something to that. There are those who are so busy, they just miss it. Yet there are those who have a little more time on their hands, grasp it. 
So it turns out that, you know, kind of the numb schools, the busy people, are numb every day. And it is because of that busyness. And then they end up missing what Jesus has to say. And the seekers of grace are wide awake to the things of the Spirit. Rest invites us to stop. In that stopping, there are fresh new possibilities that we are missing in our busyness. We can shut our eyes if we choose. This gift of relaxation without guilt. After we learn to do that, there are also, there's also enough time for us to open our eyes. To learn again Jesus' command to watch and pray. But I think now this is a time for rest. This is a season for rest. So as a nation, we are literally being forced to stay home. So this is my advice. I'm giving to my family. I'm giving to myself. Take a nap without guilt. Bake some cookies without guilt. Read a book without guilt. Watch TV without guilt. Play a game without guilt. This is our time to rest because we don't know what the next season is going to hold. We can take a walk. We can meditate or do mindfulness exercises. We can stretch, get our home in order, clean out that drawer or closet that drives you crazy, put peaceful music on, maybe some classical music or what I like to call a spa music, or most importantly, worship music. Put on some of your favorite worship songs. Make a playlist of songs that are really speaking to you in this time, in this season. Take time to journal, to write down your thoughts or your prayers. Play or cuddle with your pets. This time is such a gift to us. Because before we know it, we're going to be right back in that heart-killing busyness. It's unavoidable. But my hope is that while we're stuck at home for the next few weeks, we can maybe learn some new routines, some new practices that encourage rest for our mind, our body, our soul, and our spirit. And I feel like the Lord is inviting us to a new way of thinking, of creating a new priority in our lives to rest. So if you feel like this is something you are missing in your life, or if in listening to this this morning you started to feel kind of a, a stirring inside of you, or if you're just plain exhausted this morning, I'm inviting you to acknowledge that feeling, that need to rest. You know, one of the biggest benefits of rest is peace and freedom from stress and anxiety, which I know many of us are dealing with right now. One of my favorite Bible verses on peace is Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-7. through seven. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then lastly, here's a reminder of what Jesus said to his followers about peace. 
in uh, the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is a time if we're feeling that anxiety, if we're worried about finances, if we're worried about our health, give it to Jesus. He tells us to not be troubled or afraid. So I just want us to respond to the Lord right now just by closing our eyes and agreement that this is something that we want more of in our lives. So let's pray. Lord, you are inviting us to stop, to pause from our busyness, to rest, to relax, to be still. Lord, you are inviting us to renew our minds, to embrace transformation and new life rhythms. Create in us a Sabbath heart or a restful heart, a purposeful heart. Help us, Lord, to stop to find what is missing. We want the rest of you that we don't get in our busyness. Lord, we want to be like Mary, eager to hear what you have to say to us. If rest is good enough for you, then it's good enough for us. I pray for moments of rest and fun for all of us this week. Remind us this week, Lord, how much you love us and you want precious, unwasted time with us. And Lord, we ask for your peace. Guard our hearts and our minds. Take away any of our fears or anxieties. Amen. Thank you, Kendra. Part of what we want to do together uh, is to receive communion. Crackers and bread are kind of scarce in our house right now, but somehow we have chocolate chip cookies. I think it might be because they were deep in the freezer. And those who like to bake in this home, you know who you are, have found them. And so today uh, our family is going to use a cookie and we're going to also use milk uh, as a representation. And you uh, might be using bread and wine or a cracker and grape juice of the broken body of Jesus and his spilt blood. So go ahead and have your piece of cookie. As Kendra was praying for us, uh, you know, where we might be experiencing some uh, anxiety or some fear regarding the unknown, maybe you're in a household that is experiencing um, being laid off from work or uh, a change in your income. Maybe there is somebody that is close to you that's sick. Uh, today, Part of what we are remembering as uh, followers of Jesus is that he has invited us into his death and resurrection. Victory over death, victory over sickness, victory over pain. And that uh, he again invites us to receive it today, to receive all that he has. And so since we're in a season of learning how to receive,
today we're going to uh, receive all of that and rest in particular in our communion. And so, Lord, we thank you for your son Jesus, for his sacrifice. We receive uh, that rest that uh, Kinner encouraged us through the scripture in. And Jesus, we recognize that your sacrifice makes this uh, a possibility. It connected us into the kingdom and to the godly family and to just your uh, rule and reign over things like sickness and death. And so we say yes to that and yes to your goodness today. And we thank you that you were willing to have your body be broken and have your blood be spilled um, to redeem mankind. We are grateful for that. So go ahead and take your elements. Wanna, did you already dip it in the milk? Okay. You're going to drink it. All right, I'm dipping. I receive. 